0: This is Honestly, and for today, a little inspiration for all of the new graduates out there. It's a weird time to graduate from college or even high school. It's just a weird time to make one's way in the world. In part, that's because of the tremendous uncertainty in the economy and the job market. But also, maybe equally, it's because of the strange cultural moment that we're living in. It's a culture that seems to undercut all of the cliché messages you typically hear at graduation. Messages like, you can change the world, you could bend the arc of history, you can make a difference. Here's what I mean. From one corner of the culture, people insist that the individual stands no chance against structural and systemic maladies. And from the other, people say that we're in inexorable decline as a civilization, The decadence is everywhere we turn and that America's day in the sun has passed. Both wind up arguing against the possibility of creating new things and new worlds. I think that kind of perspective, whether it's born of ironic detachment or cynicism, is a road to nowhere. I also think it's just plain untrue. I believe that individuals with tremendous willpower can do things. Great, shocking, inconceivable things like end a world war, or create life-saving vaccines, or build a spaceship to go to another planet, or create a new currency, or even build an app that allows you to stay in strangers' apartments. How can we recover the adventurous, optimistic, audacious, forward-thinking, risk-taking attitude that has made America the most innovative country in the history of the world? Today, the former journalist and venture capitalist Catherine Boyle explains how. She makes the powerful case that the spirit of building is very much alive in America. It's just not in the places we once assumed we'd find it. To all recent graduates out there, moving the tassels from one side of those strange little caps to the other, Congratulations. We can't wait to see what you're going to build. We'll be right back with Catherine Boyle. There's so much more to Jewish history than persecution. I know it's sometimes hard to believe that when you talk to Jews, but trust me, there is. And in Jewish History Unpacked, the newest podcast from the people who brought you unpacking Israeli history, you'll find out about some of the craziest, most amazing, but lesser known stories that fill the Jewish history books. Given that the Jewish people's history goes back for millennia and spans continents and epochs, there are so many stories you just won't want to miss. You'll end up asking yourself questions that you never thought of, like, was Napoleon actually a hero for the Jews? And why were there so many suicide packs in the first century? Hosts Yael Steiner and Jonathan Schwab will fill you in on what happened, how it happened, and why all of these ancient stories still matter. You can find Jewish History Unpacked wherever you listen to your podcasts.
1: There's a common question in Silicon Valley about what makes an extraordinary entrepreneur. Experienced investors point to various traits. Perseverance. Grit. Overcoming adversity. Hustle. Innate genius. A good childhood. A bad childhood. Luck. But the trait that is most meaningful is the hardest to describe. It is the fire in the eyes, the ferocity of speech and action, that is the physical manifestation of seriousness. It is the belief that God or the universe has bestowed upon you, an immense task that no one else can accomplish but you. It is a holy war waged against the laws of physics. It is the burden of having to append sometimes hundreds of years of entrenched interests to accomplish a noble goal. Nine. When you see that kind of seriousness in a founder, the common response is to laugh or mock it. Three, two, Who is he to believe he can colonize Mars? Who are they to think people will hop in cars with strangers? —
0: We're Uber, a technology company that is— we're in the trenches, we're in the cities. —
1: But investors like myself run towards such serious people because this rare quality— a potent combination of capability and will— inspires others to reach beyond what seems conceivable. General H.R. McMaster, the former national security Advisor recently described the equation capability times will as something else, deterrence. That when nation states see a dominant country's technological prowess coupled with the will to defend its way of life, they will not act in a way that hurts the country's interests. For 80 years, beginning with the end of World War II, this was mostly the case. American deterrence and seriousness were in some ways synonymous. An undeniable force for growth and prosperity in business. The reconversion of war plans to peacetime pursuits is going ahead at full speed. In technology
0: I'm going to step off the limit. Going
1: and in culture,
0: one giant leap for
1: making this country's achievements the envy of the world. Force will be with you always.
0: It spans the globe like a superhighway. It is called Internet. Uh, uh, uh. Uh Uh.
1: But as the century began, the loss of American seriousness accelerated just as our adversaries, Russia and China, became more serious about their own alternative projects. We can debate the causes of this decline. Some say economic stagnation decadence, an unmooring from our founding principles or the natural rise and fall of nation states. But whatever the reason, we all know what unseriousness looks like. It is unserious to pour $6 trillion into failed nation building, more than three times what has gone into American venture-backed technology companies in the same two decades, only to let a nation collapse in a jumbled weekend withdrawal. The U.S. military is still the most trusted institution in America, but has experienced a precipitous decline in trust, with only 45% of Americans claiming to have a great deal of confidence in the military, down 25 points in three years. Politicians on both sides of the aisle have allowed this trust to decay, going so far as to claim mission accomplished 18 years too early, or to pretend there was never really a war happening at all. It is unserious to prioritize the old over the young, to shut down public schools for two years in the name of safety, sacrificing the needs of children for the neuroses of adults. 20 years of educational gains and investment in schooling were wiped out by COVID policies, according to the United Nations. This is the real lasting effect of long COVID. It is unserious to have the business district of our most innovative city lay empty, swallowed by an open-air drug market that thrives in the name of compassion, San Francisco has the country's worst office reoccupancy rate and slowest job recovery, but it hasn't lost its accommodating spirit. Fly into San Francisco airport and you'll notice the dirty needle deposit box right across from the baby changing table and the women's bathroom. Though perhaps there's some logic to this in a city where there are more dogs than children. It is unserious to be led by a gerontocracy, where our elected officials had kids in college when the internet was invented. It is unserious when young people retreat from public service. We now have the oldest Congress of any Congress in the past two decades, with half of American senators over the age of 65. It is unserious to beg dictators in failed states to send America oil when we invented fracking. It is unserious to talk about renewables and not nuclear. It is unserious to attack the companies leading our electrification revolution because you don't like their memes on Twitter. It is unserious to LARP the culture war on cable television while our adversaries bomb maternity wards. It is unserious to attack American tech companies while turning a blind eye to China's theft of it. It is unserious to watch the most educated generation in American history not be able to afford a starter home. The encouraging news though, is that the loss of American seriousness is the deterioration of institutional will but not our capability or desire to build new things. America is still the country that immigrants traversed the world to get to because of their unwavering belief that this land is far better than the nations they're leaving. It is why more than 50% of unicorn co-founders in Silicon Valley are foreign born, because it's the last and truest place in the world where you can still build something new. What many have missed When lamenting the decline of aging institutions, is that building is still happening in America. The top six companies by market capitalization in the U.S. are technology companies, two of which were founded in the last 20 years. 25 years ago, none of the top six companies were tech companies. The prevailing trend of this century is not that we're destined for decline. It's that technology is and will continue to improve civic functions in this country especially in areas where the government is failing. It is our technological prowess that still makes us the envy of the world. Every country asks itself, how can we build Silicon Valley here? And thankfully, Silicon Valley is no longer a place in Northern California. It is an idea, one that every city and community must embrace in this country if we truly believe in building American dynamism. Insurmountable problems in our society— from national security and public safety to housing and education, demand solutions that aren't just incremental changes that perpetuate the status quo. And these solutions will come from serious founders, those who are willing to build something new from nothing. Building is a political philosophy. It is neither red nor blue, progressive nor conservative. It is averse to political short-termism and zero-sum thinking that permeates our aging institutions that won't protect us in this era. There's no fixed pie when it comes to building. Building is an action, a choice, a decision to create and move. It is shovels in the dirt with a motley crew of doers who get the job done because no one else will. Building is the only certainty, the only thing we can control. When the projects we believed were Teflon strong are fraying like the history they toppled, the only thing to do is to make something new again. Build housing for the middle class, Build schools for the kids who want to learn math. Build next-generation defense capabilities with young people who grew up coding. Build PCR tests so that the mere sight of rising COVID cases doesn't mean that the businesses across the nation have to shut down. Build trade schools. Encourage men and women to work with their hands again. Cut the red tape that stops us from building infrastructure fast. Build factories in America. Build resiliency in the supply chain build work cultures that support mothers and fathers so they can have more children. We do not need aging institutions to pave the way for American dynamism. But we need American will. And this will comes from ordinary, extraordinary people, the builder class, who've chosen to stop whining on Twitter, who've chosen to turn off the news and to believe that this country is not only capable, but unquestionably and undeniably serious. For more with Austin Meyer, including the details of his investigation into patent trolls and why none of us are safe, check out episode 326 of The Jordan Harbinger Show.
0: Thanks to Katherine Boyle, who is heading up the American Dynamism Project at A16Z and is certainly searching for new talent. By the way, so are we. If you're inspired by the message of this show and feel like you have the energy and curiosity and grit to help us build a new media company, write to us at tips at honestlypod.com. See you next time.
1: This is Brian Dean-Wright, former CIA operations officer. By now, you've probably heard of my podcast, The President's Daily Brief. We travel around the world talking about the most pressing news of the day. And the goal is to take complicated issues, both here and abroad, and make them really simple to understand. We also talk about solutions to the problems that we discuss, just like the actual brief delivered to the president each day in the Oval Office. So download and subscribe to The President's Daily Brief, available on all major podcast platforms starting at 6 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. It'd be a pleasure if you joined us.